This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Amen. Well, y'all have a good week. Yes. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You know, the Bible says this is the day that God has made for us to do what? And what, what else are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be glad. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that today? Praise God. Jesus came and gave his life as a ransom for all of us so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know what? Um, Jim, you're, you're in control, aren't you? Somewhat. Turn the house lights up just a little bit, will you? Can't do that. You're not in control. Okay, great. All right, well, next time. Um, Julia, work, can you work your magic? No, she's, I can tell by the look on her face. I tell you what, the Bible, you know, God, when he created the earth, he said, let there be light. He didn't say, let there be shadows. Are you listening to me? You say, well, there's not many shadows here. Yeah, it's dark. It needs to get lightened up a little bit. Huh? Yeah, see, see. You got any more of that? Where are we at now percentage-wise? Huh? All the way up? Good. Praise God. That's what I like. Turn that thing on. Hallelujah. Did you all bring your Bibles with you? I tell you, we're going to have a good time this morning. Oh, I got, I got this thing. Hi. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Amen. Glory to God. Now, I have a little question I got to take care of before we get started. Josh and Abby, were you guys on uh, uh, L34 in your little rig going north yesterday? Huh? No? Well, like some pilot or something like that. Huh? Was that you? Seeing this guy with a man bun, I thought, that was Josh. Praise the Lord, anyway. Praise God. You know, we're, we're delighted you can be here, praise God, because I tell you what, I've got a message for you that's going to bless you. Aren't you glad for that? And for those of you that are watching us, we're so glad that you're here watching online, praise God, because I'm telling you what, God's doing some amazing things. Last uh, Wednesday night, we had wheel night. Now, that might not mean much to you, but to a bunch of kids, man, they were having a blast. And that meant they all brought their bicycles and whatever it is that they ride on, you know, and they were out there in that parking lot just going crazy. Well, my, my grandson and my granddaughter, my grandson's got one of these, what do they call them things? Hoverboard. And so I'm telling you, talk about, uh, what do you, I, I don't know, uh, innovative uh, Will, he gets on this thing and he tells Lily, now Will's, what, five? And Lily's three, soon to be four. So they get on this thing face to face. They tuck their, and they're only about what, that wide? And Will gets her on this thing, dude. And all of a sudden, they're going all over this parking lot sideways. You know, they just lean, the thing takes off, you know, and Will's controlling it. It was awesome. You know, I thought about, you know, I, you know, why can't we do that? But, you know, I just decided if I would have uh, had a chance, I'd have given you a little video of it. It was, it, was, it was powerful. Kids are having a great time at Fellowship Church. And not only that, but they're hearing the Word of God. You know, Miss April is over there preaching, you know, praise God, teaching your kids about God. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? You know, I mean, to tell you, I mean, you, I, yeah, it's great. And there are others that are over there helping them. So anytime you get a chance, thank them for what they do. Are you listening to me? 
Praise God, because I'm telling you what, your kids are in a blessed environment. You know, again, they're being taught. You know, there are kids all over this country. They're not being taught about God at all. At all. God is not even in their equation. They're growing up to be godless. And thank God yours aren't. I said, thank God yours aren't. Are you listening to me? You know, we're living in the last days, praise God. Jesus is coming again. And he gave the church a mandate to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And, and the fact is, you guys, listen to me. The time is short. You know, it's not like, well, I, 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 you know, when I get around to it. No, it's not about getting around to it. Now is the time. And we have opportunity, I believe, with all my heart, that there's a harvest that's coming. Because of the things that are coming on the earth, it's going to change a lot of people's attitudes. And what I mean by that is, is that all of their arrogance and all of their self-pride and all their I got my own thing going on and I don't need that kind of stuff is going to melt. Are you listening to me? And that's where you and I come in. Are you listening to me? Because I'm telling you, this world that you and I know of is going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. You say, how do you know that? Because God said so. Are you listening to me? You say, well, you're getting me uh, you know, a little nervous. Well, if you're nervous, then there's something wrong. Instead of being nervous, you ought to be excited. Huh? This is not part of my sermon. Okay? You know, when you get ready to land an airplane, you got to circle the airport a little bit. You know, so that's all we're doing. We're just kind of checking out the, you know, lay of the land. <laughs> i tell you a story about that. I took my mother-in-law, my, my wife, and her sister up to Anita to uh, go to the Redwoods and have supper. You ever been up there? Huh? If you ain't been up there, you missed half your life, especially their onion rings. Now, Jay Bruner's down in Clorinda, pretty good, but Anita has some too. So anyway, it's a grass runway right across a, the highway from the restaurant. I said, well, just fly up there, you know, we'll get out and, and uh, we'll go have some, something to eat. Well, I had never been in there before, so I wanted to look it over, make sure there weren't gophers or people mowing or whatever, you know, on the runway because it was grass. And so, you know, I just wanted to take a little scoot over there and take a look at things, make sure it was all right. And so we're looking it all over. And I said, you know, looks great. And so I just turned the plane. I never even thought anything about it. I just turned the plane to enter into what they call a downwind so that I could land in this and that and the other. And my sister-in-law got sick instantly. And so, you know, we're looking around for the barf bag. My wife is saying, why are you telling them this? Well, you know, anyway, we got on the ground. We got on the ground and she was like, I mean, it, it messed up her world. We went to the restaurant. She wouldn't even eat. She didn't feel good. I had to call Jordan and Sharon, borrow a car from him. I said, could you, you know, think, talk about love. I said, could you drive two cars up here? Well, actually, just one, maybe. I don't remember how it worked out. But anyway, could you drive to a car up here so that I could take my sister-in-law home, you know, and uh, because she wasn't getting back in the plane. Uh-huh. 
So we get done, we're getting ready to leave and everything like that, you know, and, and so it's Joan and her, her sister and her mother, you know, and her mother says, uh, well, who's going to ride home with Mike? You know, and says, well, he's just going to fly the, fly the plane home by himself. She says, well, he can't do that. I need to go with him. <laughs> and I said, yeah, mom, come on. <laughs> so she gets to fly right seat. We had a big time. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Like I said, that's not part of my sermon. How I got there, I, I don't know. Praise God. You know, God's good. We're living in the last days, you guys. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Praise God. If you're not full of joy, you need to think about what it is you've been looking at. Huh? Or what you've been thinking about. Amen. Because I'm telling you what, Jesus is coming again. Glory to God. You know, you know I mean, if, if you're down in the dumps, read the book of Revelations. You'll get blessed. You won't understand half of it, but you'll get blessed. Are you listening to me? Praise God. Glory to God. Such an opportunity in front of us. You know, as uh, I mentioned this on Wednesday night, but maybe it was Wednesday night. Was it Sunday I told you that I was in my kitchen and, and uh, the spirit of prayer came on me? Was that Wednesday or Sunday? That was last Sunday? Okay, good. Well, you know, there's opportunity in front of us. Now you look around, and it doesn't look like opportunity, but there is. There is an opportunity for the body of Christ, for the believer, for the child of God, right now in these days. And you know, back in October of last year, I talked to you about the theme of this year being uh, 2020 or 2020 being the year of divine guidance. I had no idea what I was talking about, but... Is it not a year where you better be led by the Holy Ghost? Huh? Thank you. Woo! Glory to God. Because I'll tell you this much about it. Whatever is going on in this world, God already knows about it. And he's already made a plan and a way for those that love him. Hallelujah. Now we do have to follow him. Everybody say, yes, we do. You want to go do your own thing, then that's just well and good. But I tell you what this much, you're on your own. Come on, we're going to talk about the rewards of obedience today. How many of you know it pays to obey God? It doesn't cost, it pays. And a lot of times in your obedience at the time, nothing changes. It's all the same. But I'll tell you this much about it. If you continue on in your obedience, heaven is going to show up where your life is concerned. Can you say Amen. You know, I'll give you a simple example. You know, when you, when, you correct your, when you lovingly correct your kids, and you say, honey, listen, there ain't anybody on this planet that loves you more than I do. But this, what you're doing, is not right, and we're not going to have any more of it in our house. Okay? At the time, everybody say at the time. At the time, it's not that pleasant. Huh? And usually, they will let you know how unpleasant it is. Am I in the right house? Yeah. But I'll tell you this much about it. If you make them, everybody say make them. Well, you can't, you know, you'll warp little Johnny's brain. Listen, little Johnny's brain needs to be warped. You make them obey you. Because they're going to get old enough to where you can't make them obey you. Are you with me? 
then they're just going to have to get it on their own. But I'll tell you what, it's in that moment of obedience. And, and here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a fundamental principle of respect to a parent. When your kids are disrespectful, and I don't know why on God's green earth I'm talking about this. I think I do. But anyway, when your kids are disrespectful to you, you are setting a course for them that will end up in destruction. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's good. Huh? If they don't obey, then something else is happening within their lives that's going to set a course. And here's the reason why. Because the scripture says that when you obey your parents, it comes with a promise. Everybody say promise. That it may be well with you and that you might live long on the earth. So you just ask him, you say, you want to live a long time? (laughs) Then you better obey me. You know, when Paul was writing, you know, he said that no chastisement or correction for or at the moment is that much fun. But it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness in those that exercise themselves within it. So my whole point to, always, uh, to saying all of this is, is that that's what faith is. It's faith, faith is understanding the, the, the guidelines, the principles that come from the Word of God that teach us how to live. And we begin to implement those principles within our lives, again, about love and respect and honor and control and and those kinds of things. We enforce those things here so that in the end, we have great grace and blessing within our lives and in the lives of, in the example I use, our children. Are you with me? So, The Bible says that the just, or those that have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ, shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. In other words, faith is a lifestyle. It's it's a way that we live. You know, on Sunday mornings, you get up, you get around, you get your kids around, you know, you do what you do, you're coming to church. Why? Because it's a part of your lifestyle. The Bible says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So the next time that you hear someone tell you that you don't always have to go to church, tell them that they're lying. I'll tell you why they say that. Guilt. You know, oh, come on. You know, you don't always have to go to church. I don't always have to do anything. I get to go to church. And let me tell you something else about that since I'm all stirred up. (laughs) The reason they say that is because they are replacing him for something else. I didn't make the rules, but I tell you what, we just got to call spades spades. Are you with me? Jesus said, be in church. Now, I don't care. Maybe it's not this one, but you need to be in church. 
You know, you need to be engaged. You need to be in, involved. You need to be paying your tithes and giving offerings to the kingdom of God so that the kingdom can be advanced, so that the harvest can be reaped, and so that every nation upon this planet can hear the message and we can get to heaven. Are you listening to me? Just not long ago, a month ago, you know, y'all sowed $5,000 into Peru. Now you're going to sow some more money into Lebanon. You know, they just had this huge explosion and everything, you know, and, and there's, and I mean, there's rioting, there's all kinds of things that are going on in that country. But Matt and Julie Beamer are on the ground in that country making a difference in the lives of people. And I tell you what, we're going to pay the tar out of them. Are you with me? So that people's lives can be changed. You can't do that if you're not in church. Huh? You know, the Bible, oh gosh, sometimes I amaze myself. You know, the Bible says, the Bible didn't say, send your tithes into the storehouse. What's that first word? Bring. Bring. Huh? The Bible says to honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of your increase. By the way, we're passing the bucket today. If you're uncomfortable with that, just say, passez-vous. <laughs> but I tell you what, I'm taking the fences down. Yeah. Are you listening to me? And, and like one, one of the ushers said, you know, the reality is if you want to get real detailed about it, every time somebody touches that depository, we ought to have somebody standing there cleaning it off. There's probably more wookie-doo there than there is on a bucket. And like I said, I have not started my message yet. Okay. Did you know that my wife and I are going to celebrate 43 glorious years of marriage? Huh? On the 21st of this month, on Friday, I'm going to take her away. You say, where to? None of your business. 43 years. Actually, we've been together for 47. Took me a while to get it figured out. Hallelujah. Not glorious? Hallelujah. Same woman. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. In 11 days, 11, 11 days, we'll serve as the anniversary when Mikey gave his heart to Jesus. 45 years ago. Yeah. On a corner, my wife and I just drove by it yesterday on the motorcycle. On the corner just north of Beebe Town, a couple miles, there's a, there used to be a tree farm there. You say, man, you're all over the place. Don't you, don't you want to tell us what you want to tell us? Yeah, I do, but, you, you know, come on. Leave me alone. You know? She said, you suppose we could buy that piece of ground? It's, it's overgrown with these, these uh, pine trees now. You know, I don't know how many acres is there. But she said, suppose we could just buy that ground, clear it, and make it farmable? I said, I think somebody else needs that job. You said you didn't say buy it. That's right, you said. You said, could it be cleared and could it be farmed? That's what you said. Yeah. Didn't say anything about buying it. 
You, yeah. I tell you a story about my wife. Every year it used to be, we always had live trees in the church. And so it was always our, our big deal, our annual event, that we would go out and pick out a tree. <laughs> I can't believe we did this. So anyway, we go, we get this tree. We've got to have one for the children's church. We've got to have one for the main church, you know. And so we go out there, and you know, it's how many, well, I shouldn't even say this, because if you have, it's, it's not that edifying of a, a movie, but the one Christmas vacation where they go after the tree, and they're out there, you know, and you remember the, the, the one part where all of a sudden it starts to glow, and there are all these beams that come down on this tree? That's what happened to my wife with a tree that was in that, that thing up there. And she says, that's it? I said, honey, that is not it, man. That thing is giant. No, no, it'll work. It'll work. It'll work. I just know it will. It's perfect. I mean, everything is perfect. I said, how are we going to get it out of here? I don't even know how tall this thing was. Well, it just so happened <laughs> we had borrowed a dump truck. And I said, okay, and we ended up getting, we had to, I think we went around on the other side of the fence because you couldn't get to it from, you know, whatever. So we went around somebody else's field, and we, I back up to this tree, and this thing falls on the truck, and we haul that sucker home. <laughs> and we were out here in the parking lot with a thing, you know, he we said, well, we're going to have to limb it up a little bit. Well, you know, we cut this tree, we cut this limb, and all of a sudden there's this big hole. Oh, no, we're going to have to... Before it was over with, we had firewood. <laughs> and we just, we, we, we hauled it off and burned it. <clears throat> but we did get a tree. Aren't you glad? Yes. Hallelujah. Start my message. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. <laughs> the authority has spoken. <laughs> Get to going. Glory to God. Praise God. You know, the Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine. I tell you what, sometimes we just need to laugh. Amen. Just enjoy life a little bit. Glory to God. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 11. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we have in the Word of God. We ask your blessing, Father God, on this Word. We thank you that it is a living thing. It's alive. It has the potential, Father God, to alter people's lives. We thank you for its transformational power. And God, as we come to you today, I thank you for speaking to each and every heart and life that's gathered here today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. The Bible says that by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Everybody say obeyed. obeyed. And he went out not knowing where he went. God spoke to Abraham and said, get thee out from thy country and your people to a land that I will show you. And the Bible says that the next day this guy saddled up and took off. You know, the, 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 the life of faith 
you know, to obey God, to do the will of God, to follow the plan of God. There's, there's, there's nothing like it. And it's glorious to be an obedient child of God. Can you say amen? amen? You know, and what I mean, you know, when I say, you know, the life of faith, I'm talking about where we're, we're, we're believing in something that God has said. How many of you know the Bible is God speaking to you? So in other words, we find something in the Bible, believing in what it is that God has said, and then moving in that direction. I will show you the way in which you should go. Now, you know, unfortunately, because of human nature, we have a tendency sometimes to think we know more than God. Guess what? <laughs> We're not right. You know, not in the least. You know, the Scriptures tell us this. He said, for example, you know, in talking about this, how many of you believe the Bible? Yeah. Well, let me, I'm going to tell you some things that the Bible says with regard to His will towards you. It says, first of all, that to you first, God having raised up His servant Jesus, sent Him to bless you. How many of you know that God sent Jesus to bless you? You didn't even know. You know, before you gave your heart to Christ, you didn't even know. There are people right now, if they don't know Jesus, they, didn't, they don't know that God sent His Son to bless them. And the way that we get blessed, as we read on in this scripture, is in turning away. Turning away every one of you from your iniquities. I'm so glad that nearly 45 years ago, on a night driving up a road, I decided that I was going to turn away from my lifestyle and give my heart wholly to Him. Not part of it. I wasn't the kind of guy, you know, that I'd like to have some fire insurance. I don't really want to go to hell, but I don't really want to change my life. No, I gave Him all of my heart, all of my life, all of my soul, and it's in that kind of commitment that God shows up. It isn't half-hearted, it's whole-hearted. And we don't preach that. We don't, we don't always preach about the, the need for repentance. It's not popular. You know, people have their own way of thinking about things, but God has His. The Bible says these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. The Bible is written so that people will believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. You know, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we can or must be saved except the name of Jesus. He is the Savior of the world. There is no other God except Jesus Christ and God the Father. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, that's, that's your prerogative. But I tell you, we're going to come find out that I'm right. Why? Because His Word says so. Well, I don't believe the Bible. Well, then you're in a world of trouble, friend. Are you listening to me? Well, you know, just people wrote that. Yeah, they did. Holy men of old wrote 
the Word of God as they were moved along by the Spirit of God. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for correction, for instruction, you know, in righteousness so that the man or the woman of God may be thoroughly furnished, complete in everything that you need. Hallelujah. Everybody say, thank God for the Bible. Yeah, thank God for the Bible because it'll help you. You know, in John 3, 16, highly celebrated portion of Scripture, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would, what? Believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came so that we could have life. But you've got to meet Him on His terms. Like I said, a lot of folk, they don't want to go to hell, but they also don't want to change their life. See, you know, when it says this, it says that he doesn't want you to perish, but whoever believes in him. A lot of folks say, oh, I believe believe in God. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm a Christian. You know, you with me? But just because they say that, it doesn't mean they are at all. It doesn't mean that they believe. Oh, you know, people, they believe. Believe what? If you don't believe the gospel as it's written, then you're in the wrong spot. So what I mean by that is, is that, you know, when I say believe in Him, you come to believe in the story that God has revealed to us in the Bible regarding His Son. Why Jesus came? Why did He come? We just read it. Because of sin. That's why He came. Because the Bible says all have sinned. And come short of the glory. All have sinned. And all have sinned. All have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. Not, not one. So what does that mean? That means that you are helpless or powerless to help yourself. And if you don't make Jesus the Lord of your life and surrender your heart to Him, then you're not going to heaven. You know, there's this narrative, you know, about, you know, being uh, loving and, and, and uh, you know, being kind and all these different kinds of things, which by interpretation means let anybody and everybody do whatever they want because, you know, that's really what we should do. But you know what? If you're driving 100 mile an hour and you're, you know, a mile away from a cliff and you're going to be destroyed, somebody ought to shoot up a red flag to tell you that you can't. Keep doing what you're doing and expect heaven to be your home. So we believe in this story that God has spoken, that he sent his uh, son Jesus for sin, and, and you willingly, everybody say willingly. You willingly give your heart, from your heart, you willingly repent. There are some places in the scriptures that talk about different ones who couldn't find a place of repentance, though they sought it diligently. What's that mean? They went so far down the road, you guys, that they couldn't get back where they belong. Are you with me? Because forgiveness or repentance, I I should say, repentance is from the heart. And sometimes people's hearts become so calloused that they never find a place where they authentically and genuinely repent. But the Bible does say that if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us. Amen? 
And so we willingly from our heart repent and turn, 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 turn from your sin. This isn't a game. People say, well, it's all right. We've got so much compromise in the body of Christ right now. People living their lives however it is that they want to. Listen, that's not going to fly, you guys. Are you listening to me? You wonder how come you can't get the blessing of God in your life? It's because you're living this double life. You can't do that. I bet you wish that I was talking like I was talking before my wife told me to start the message. <laughs> Could be. But you might thank me later. It's tight, but it's right. Are you with me? Absolutely God wants to bless people's lives, Jeff. I'm telling you what, He wants to change your world. But He does it His way, not your way. And you keep up with your misbehavior and whatever it is, you know, that you're compromising on, you know, um, it, it's not going to happen. You say, well, yeah, you know, wow, what am I supposed to do? Repent and turn, you know, so that you can, you know, you ask him. When I, when I was on that road 45 years ago, I, with all my heart, said, God, take control of my life. I make you Lord of my life. I'm not after fire insurance. I want to do my life your way. And I hope that's what you want. And that you're not taking your life back because your life is not your own. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we ought to be more engaged in kingdom business now than we ever have been before. Are you listening to me? So what it, that's what it means to believe in Him. You believe that He is who He says He is. Are you listening to me? Concerning Himself and the fact that you and I need a Savior. Oh, what a day. Say, well, you're getting a little mean, aren't you, Pastor? Not really. You haven't seen mean yet. You know. Hallelujah. You know, if you were with us last week, and you out there, you know, we talked about there's a place that God wants to take you. Huh? And it takes faith to get there. And it's your choice. The Bible says that Abraham, by faith, when he was called to go out to receive a place as an inheritance, obeyed and didn't know where he was going. You know, the reality is, we don't know where we're going. When I first got saved 45 years ago, I didn't know where I was going, but I loved Jesus. I said, I'm in. You know, when he was walking the shores of Galilee, he ran into these guys and he said, listen, follow me and I will make you. He said, follow me and I will make you. That's what he's saying to the church today. Follow me and I'll make you. Now, he told them, he said, I'll make you fishers of men. But God will make you who you are supposed to be if you will follow him. And sometimes, you know, that, that does represent a sacrifice. Sometimes it does represent laying down our lives. You know, sometimes it requires us doing things we don't want to do. Can I get a witness? 
Abraham obeyed God in this same chapter as we're reading here. Notice in verse 7, again, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Listen, there's stuff coming on this earth, you guys, and God is warning the church. Why? So that she doesn't have to become a victim to what's going to happen. Noah being warned of God of things not seen yet. Notice what it says. He moved with, King James says fear, but reverence. It's time to perk up our ears, boys and girls. It's time to start really listening. You say, this is really heavy stuff. Yeah, it is. We're living in a heavy world. You say, well, this is not what I was asking for. Well, I can't help it. Someday when we're running around heaven, you can thank me. Moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Hallelujah. In chapter 11, verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Refused. Everybody say refused. refused. Yeah. He said, no, I don't want that. Some people, they're running to, you know, fill their pockets with money pile up their assets and get rich and live the good life. And I tell you what, it isn't worth a hell of beans because it's all going to burn up. And then what? But this guy made a decision and he said, I am not going to live my life that way. I refuse. And I mean, you got to understand, I mean, he was in the line for, you know, the throne, baby. He said, no, I'm not going to do it. Notice what it goes on to say in verse 25. Or, yeah, 25. Choosing. Everybody say choosing. Choosing, choosing rather to suffer the afflictions of, uh, <clears throat> with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. 26. Esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt because he had respect for the recompense of the reward. Verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, and he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And through faith he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of blood, lest he uh, that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. You know, when God tells you to do something, you better do it. Amen. We're talking about the rewards of obedience. He said, I want you to go out and apply the, the blood of that lamb to the doorpost and the lintel of that house. Now, if anybody didn't do it, the death angel came that night and killed the firstborn in every house. But if they did do it, then the death angel passed over that home and they were saved. You say, how's that apply to us today? Well, I'll tell you what, first of all, you better have the, the blood of Jesus applied to the doorpost and little of your heart. Huh? You say, well, pastor, you're talking to believers here, you know. No, I, yeah, I know that. <laughs> this is a remedial rehearsal of what it is that we already know but need to be reminded. Amen. You say, is it going to get better? It's already good. <laughs> when it comes to Bible faith, dear friends, listen to me. There's got to be movement. Everybody say movement. Moved with fear or reverence toward God. The Bible says again, when Abraham went out, he obeyed, not knowing where he was going. When it comes to your life and my life, we got to get on the stick and do what it is he tells us to. You know, if we got something in our lives that's displeasing to him, listen, 
we got to change it. Huh? Yeah, but I like being ornery. I don't want to have to change. Well, you might want to rethink that a little bit. Anything that displeases him. Well, I've got faith. No, really? Good. Praise the Lord. Apply a little of it to that. Faith has movement. You know, I told you last week when my wife and I were 21 and 20, well, I've been 23. She was still 21. We gave, this church was born the 7th day of January. And I got to tell you, my friends, we didn't know where we were going. You talk about the blind leading the blind. All I knew is he said do it. So we meet in these people's house, it grows. We go to another person's house, it grows. And we come out here in the middle of a cornfield. That makes a lot of sense. No, God, the people are in Omaha and Council Bluffs. Not in a cornfield. But he planted us out here. And guess what? We grew. And God has done amazing things over the past four decades just because somebody decided they were going to obey God. You know, people would call us the tin temple. And they would mock us. They wouldn't give us a time of day. They thought we were a cult. They won't last. I tell you what, there's times it looked like we weren't going to last. You know? But I tell you what, God is faithful. I said if he can find faith on the earth, he'll show up, man. He'll do amazing things. You're sitting in a, in a facility today. I don't even know what it would cost to have it built. Maybe seven, eight, ten million dollars. I don't know. What do you think there, Mr. Construction Guy? 53,000. Yeah, 10 million. We were out here in the middle of nowhere, and we were going to build this building. Why? Because the church was growing. And, you know, and, and everybody said, well, you can't do it for, you know, it's going to cost you $2.3 million. We said, no, it's not. <laughs> Why? Because we did not plan for 2.3. <laughs> we planned for a million and a half. They said, well, you can't do it. Well, dear friend, praise God, we just happened to be having our little derrieres sitting in a building that somebody said we couldn't build. Are you with me? And I remember we had a stewardship campaign for three years to raise $600,000. I'm telling you, God, I mean, there's no limit to what God can do. I mean, he is limitless in what he can do. We're in a cornfield for crying out loud. And so we're going to have this stewardship campaign, and we're going to raise $600,000. We're going to borrow $600,000, and we're going to throw another $400,000, this is 20 years ago, at it. And you know, people would say, well, that's impossible. We had people leave the church. Well, I ain't going to be a part of that. It's funny, you know, they left the church when it was done, then they came back. You say, what do you think about that? I'm glad they showed back up. I am. I really am. I don't care. They missed out on the blessing. Yep. Are you listening to me? Yep. And so we have our banquet. We're kicking off our stewardship campaign for $600,000. I'd never seen $600,000. It was so far. I mean, you know, we had faith for it, but it wasn't there. How many of you know it wasn't there? Everybody say it wasn't there. And we had this banquet. And, and this was going to be the first you know, gifts that everybody gave. 
And so praise God, everybody showed up. And there was one couple in our church that gave 68, I think it was $68,000 that night. And before it was over with, over $100,000 was given in that offering. Oh, I tell you, the party was on. But I'll tell you another thing about it, that the, the, the couple that gave that money, you think about it, $68,000. I remember the, the first time God dealt with me about giving $10,000 away. They gave 68, and they did it willingly. And I tell you what, that was a long time ago, but I'm telling you, their lives are so blessed. All their kids love Jesus and are serving God. And I'm not saying that, they, you know, it's, it's like this tit for tat, and I'm going to give this money, you know, so that God, you can do this or what. They gave it willingly because they wanted to see the church go. Are you listening to me? But I tell you, there comes with that obedience a blessing that is beyond money. Are you with me? And they're enjoying the fruits of it right now. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So, you say, well, did you get the rest of the money? Obviously. <laughs> and not only that, praise God, but we paid the, uh, the note off well in advance. And we got our bills taken care of. Hallelujah. We don't owe a dime. Aren't you glad for that? That's gee, yeah, give Jesus a great big hand. Amen. Yeah. I remember here not long ago, a few years back, you know, Jesus cares about everything. You know? And we had these light fixtures out there that had been there since 1994. And, you know, when it would rain, they'd fill up with water. You know, we tried to reseal them, and we went through all these things, and finally it was like, come on, man, we need some new fixtures. So I went to the church, you know, I said, hey, we need some new fixtures, you know, and talked to you about a couple different times, and we were going to need like, I don't know, um, $14,000, $15,000 or something like that for these new fixtures. You know how much money came in? 200 bucks. I said, this ain't working very well, and, you know? But here, all of a sudden, how many of you know, like I said, God cares about stuff? A, a, a woman, just a woman, she just, you know, a normal woman comes up and says, she, she calls up and says, uh, you know, I'd like, to, I'd like to make up the difference, whatever it is that you've already raised, I want to just pay the rest of it. And I'm sitting on the other end of the phone saying, boy, I don't know if she's ready for this. <laughs> she says, well, so, so how much is it? And I says, well, um, like $14,000 and I don't know, change. She says, I'll take care of it. And she did. And guess what? You get to walk into the church at night with lights. But I tell you, there is a blessing in store for that woman. And here's the reason why. She said, I feel like I should do this, that I need to do this. And she obeyed her heart. I don't know what's in store for her, but it's good. Are you listening to me? Here not that long ago, you know, my wife and I were driving down the road. One of the couples within the church uh, was uh, uh, ready to uh, close on a piece of property. And the day before, the whole, something happened and the thing fell through. And they called us, and we were talking to them on the phone, driving down the road and said, you know, it's not going to happen. You know, the whole thing's going to go in the tank. And so Joan got off the phone, and we're sitting there. It's kind of quiet now because we just realized, you know, that the devil's trying to steal this thing from them. 
And I turned and looked at her, and she turned and looked at me. And she, you know, it's kind of like, you thinking what I'm thinking? She said, yeah, I'm thinking exactly what you're thinking. So we called them back up, and it just so happened that in that moment of our lives, we had the ability, we said, I tell you what, don't you worry about a thing, praise God, we'll, just let, we'll, we'll let you use our money for you to be able to buy that thing. And it was $125,000. So we gave them the money. You say, you are out of your mind. One guy said, you're very kind. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, now remember, we got the money back, okay? But you know, it's such a great blessing to be able to have it to give it. Are you with me? And so, they, instead of the devil stealing their dream, God intervened and blessed their life. Amen. Are you listening to me? You say, you want to do that for me? <laughs> I would do it for you if he said to. Okay? And that's the only reason why we did it. I'd rather obey God than let the devil. I'd rather give the devil a black eye. Oh, I tell you what, the angels of heaven had to be rejoicing. Hallelujah. And the devil had to go crawling off into the dark someplace wherever he lives and just sulk. Are you listening to me? I'm telling you what, God wants to bless your life. Are you listening to me? I don't even know how come I get on. You know, this, this message that I have is ruined, okay? I don't even know what to do other than just go with it. God wants to bless, but you have to obey. You know, what if my wife and I would have just pushed that down while we're driving down the road in the car and, 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 and God is saying, hey, I want to do something through you for someone else to bless them. And we just said, no, I ain't going to do that. Well, I'm sure God could have worked it out another way. I remember one preacher was talking about something that God wanted him to do. And he says, God, I don't think I want to do that. He says, you're not the first one that I've talked to. And he said, uh, what, what number would I be? He said, six. You know, when, listen, you guys, when God says, I want you to go talk to that person. And I want you to share the love of God with them. Do it. Yes. Say, well, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's a thing called faith. Are you with me? There are opportunities, you guys. And there are rewards that come with it that you and I need to obey. Are you with me? How many of you want to do that? Yes. Everybody say, I'm going to obey. I'm telling you, Obey. You know, you're not, you're not supposed to, you don't have to come up and say, well, you know, I know it all. You don't need to know it all. People don't, I mean, people that are in, that are suffering, people that are in despair, people that are hurting, and there are a lot of them, man, they don't care about any eloquence whatsoever. They don't care about how you're dressed. Are you with me? Sometimes they prefer that you be dressed down. They feel more comfortable. But whatever it is, when the opportunity comes to your friend, take it. Everybody say, I'm going to take it. Take it. Take the opportunity. God was dealing with me the other night. I've got a deal going on, and I'm, I'm running into people that I never run into before, and God is dealing with me. He's saying, when are you going to talk to them about me? Uh, yeah, I'm going to get on that. And I am going to get on it. Are you listening to me? Because listen to me, you guys. This thing is, it is drawing up. You know? 
I mean, people can believe whatever it is, you know, but, or whatever they want, but I'm telling you, it's drawn up. The book of Hebrews, it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, but it serves as the evidence of that which we do not presently see. By faith, Noah did something. By faith, uh, Moses did something. By faith, you know, different ones do things like yourself. People, you know, that, you know, people will hope for a better life. I mean, ask anybody, do you want a better life? Oh, yeah, man, absolutely. This is hell. I don't like this. Well, you know, God's got one for you. So, but you can hope for a better life, but faith says that we're going to do life God's way. You want to have a better life, you do it His way. You don't just hope for it. Well, I'm just believing for a job. You know, well, have you been out? Have you looked? Have you searched? Have you knocked doors? Have you done what you needed? No, I'm just believing. Well, guess what, dude? The only thing that's showing up at your place is bills. Go to work. How many of you are still glad you came? I tell you what, you know, in the Old Testament, it says don't ever look on their countenance, you know, for, for a response as to how things are going. Because right now, eh, jury's still out. Sometimes you got to go to work. When my wife and I were first, uh, when, we, when we first got married, we went to school. And when I was at school, you know, you got to uh, go to school in the morning, and then I got a job in the afternoon. And so I would work from 1 till 9 o'clock in a lumber yard. And I didn't get paid very much because I missed God, and that's a whole other story. And so we suffered because of my, my unbelief, really, is what it was. And so, you know, but we made it. And then so when, we got, when, we gra- when I graduated from school, we came back home, I went to work. I got a job with my brother-in-law. We started at 6 in the and worked till 2.30 in the afternoon. And then when I got done with that, I went and started painting houses, you know, at 17 cents a square foot. So if you need your house painted, go find somebody else. But anyway, you know, and, and so I worked two jobs. We just had, you know, had Brian on the ground now, you know, new baby and the whole enchilada, baby. We got we to gotta, we gotta make hay. But the problem a lot of times is that people, oh, you're not going to like me for this. But people are lazy. They don't want to work. You know, we're looking for ways to make our weeks shorter instead of longer. Willie George, pastor of uh, uh, Church on the Move, talked about having a six-day project. He said, what's that? That means you work five days a week, and then you got another project that you're working on to make more money. Well, my God. You know, that's, that's, that's a lot of work. Well, didn't the Bible say... You know, when God was talking about the six days shall you work? Huh? And then the seventh is your Sabbath. Okay, that didn't preach very good. <laughs> You've got to be willing to work. Are you with me? People hope for a better marriage. But faith says, I'm going to stop criticizing the spouse that God's given to me, and I'm going to start appreciating them. That's what faith does. Well, if they were just this, they were just that. They're never this. They're never that. You know, you're not going to get anywhere doing that. Huh? There ain't no blessing in that. Boy, does it get quiet when you talk like this. Yeah. Here's, okay, this is free. I mean, I've, I've stepped on so many things today that 
What difference does it make? But listen to me. I'll give you a, you want a hint <laughs> when it comes to people's problems? If you're having problems in your marriage, at its root is selfishness. Every time. Because selfishness is the opposite of love. And if you're having problems, go get an Amplified Bible and read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8 that describes love and work on practicing it. Believes the best in every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. Huh? Are you with me? Seeks not its own. That's what the love of God does. <laughs> Thanks for your enthusiasm. Hallelujah. You know. It's, it, the thing that's important in all of this, you guys, and I know that I've been all over the place, and I hope that you understand my heart in, in what I'm sharing with you, but, you know, faith doesn't say, well, I'm, I'm just believing, you know. Faith says, I'm going to get moving. I'm going to start doing some things. You want to have a better, better marriage? You can. Go do some things that will help it, you know. I, somebody... Uh, my nephew, one of my nephews, I'm, I'm running through high V, you know, and I come up and he's got uh, a dozen roses in his hand. And I said, oh, hallelujah, anniversary. He goes, nope. Birthday? Nope. He says, I said, what you got them for? He says, just because. I'm telling you what, you want to get some mileage. <laughs> Stuff like that will make it happen. Are you with me? Why, do you, why are you doing this? For no reason. Then I just love you. See, the Bible says husbands love your wives. You need to love your wives with your money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I think I heard a needle drop <laughs> on the carpet. Love them with your money. Yeah, but you know, man, I, I, you know, uh, Bass Pro just came out with the latest and the greatest, you know, fish finder, and it's like $695. Well, I'm all about the fish finder, and you can have as many of them as you want. But you know what? You got a spouse right there somewhere that would like to know that she's appreciated and that she's loved. Amen. And I'm not saying that you got to go out and spend every dime you got or anything of that nature. I mean, this woman right here is the most frugal thing. I mean, you can get her happy pretty easy. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's hard for her, you know, to receive the things that are more expensive. Are you with me? So sometimes it's not about the amount. It's just uh, the act of expression of doing something you know, that lets them know that they're appreciated. And gals, you could do the same thing the other way. That works both ways, <laughs> you know. Woo, glory to God. This turned out different. Hallelujah. Where are we at? Oh, gosh. Turn with me real quick to 1 Kings chapter 17. I'll just kind of break in on this a little bit. And then, because uh, um, this is important. You, you give me just a few more minutes here. 
Um, <laughs> and nobody said yes. Nobody said amen. Okay, yeah. You know, um, if you read this, you, you can do it at your own uh, leisure. In 1 Kings chapter 17, you can back up into 16. There was an evil, uh, corrupt king by the name of Ahab. He'd forsaken God. He had built all kinds of, you know, idols and different things in the country, and it was displeasing. Now he's a, he's a, he's a, uh, uh, um, uh, Jewish king, but he's evil, and he's bringing all this stuff. Uh, you want to know why everything's happening in the world? It's because of sin, you guys. Why is everything coming unraveled? It's because of sin. Are you with me? And so the same thing's happening in this particular situation right here, you know, where <clears throat> Ahab was uh, an evil king and then Elijah was the prophet. Notice in verse 1 of chapter 17, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I, uh, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee. What's that last word? There. Say it again. There. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. What's my point? You want to be wherever it is that God wants you to be in these last days. Now, you know, the reason for this drought and this famine that came upon them was because of Israel's disobedience. It lasted for three and a half years, you know. And, and it's an interesting thing, and I hear this now, you know, in the narratives of uh, uh, people. Go over to chapter 18 if you're there close and look at this. Verse 17, it came to pass that when Elijah, or Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, are you the one that troubles Israel? Listen to what he said in verse 18. He said, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and that you have followed the way of Balaam. Why do I say that? Because today, there is a blame game going on. And the person or persons or administration that is doing good for people is being blamed for all of the bad things that are going on in this earth and this world today. It's the same spirit. I don't care what you think about it, you know, personalities and things like that. But the reality is, is there is an administration that is trying to do what it can. And it's actually amazing what it is they've done to help people. To really help people. And the other side of this fence, dude, they don't want to help people. They want to control you. That's the agenda. So, pray for our president for our vice president, for his administration, for righteous people. You know, um, uh, Kim Reynolds, our governor, pray for her. 
This gal that's up in South Dakota that I guess is maybe coming to train her sometime? Is that right? The fourth? Yeah. yeah. Just to shout glory. I don't know, you know. She says, for what? I don't know. She's coming. What's her name? Do you know her? Who knows the governor up in, huh? Who? Nome. Yeah. Pray for that woman, man. Thank God for people like her. Talk about courage. Talking about stand up against the, 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 the flow. And we need a whole bunch of them. If you haven't registered to vote, get yourself down there and get it done. Are you listening to me? And if you know anybody else that loves Jesus or even close, tell them to get down there too. We need righteous people, you guys. Hallelujah. <clears throat> anyway, where were we? You guys keep interrupting me, I, you know. But notice what it says. Let's go back to 17. I'm actually the one that did that. <laughs> Imagine that. Okay, notice in verse, uh, he said, I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. So I'm just saying that whatever's coming, guess what? God wants to lead you to a place called there. And what's he going to do? He's going to take care of you. Huh? He said, I've commanded the ravens to take and feed you there. Huh? You know, it takes faith to go down to the brook called Chidrath and wait for the ravens to show up. But guess what? They did. Now let's go on reading. So when he had did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt there by the brook that is before Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Well, it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came to him and said, I want you to arise. No, I don't want to. No, I want you to arise. No, I don't want to. I like it right here. I like my life. I like what I'm doing. I don't want to have to obey. I don't want to have to do this. I don't want to have to do that. Don't do that. God says, arise, baby, get up. I said, get up. I said, faith has to have movement. And he said, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell what? There. Where? There. You know, notice what he says. Behold, I've commanded a rich guy that's got more money and he knows what to do to sustain thee. No, he says, I have commanded a widow to take care of you. Well, I don't like that very much. That's not my lifestyle. That's not the way I want to live. Tough! Tough noogies. Listen. You better obey. Notice what it goes on to say. Let's read the rest. It's so good. I've commanded this woman to sustain thee. So he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And call, he, he called her and he said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord God, or thy God lives, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it. And what? Now you talk about a pitiful situation. You talk about a desperate 
situation right here. This is it. Now notice what he said. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, Fear not. Everybody say, Fear not. Fear say it again. Fear not. Say it one more time. Fear not, go and do as you have said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring to me that I may, uh, uh, that after, and after make for thee and thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went, she did according to what the saying of Elijah and she and he and her house did eat, my Bible says many days, right? In the margin of my uh, Bible, it says for over a year. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many of you know God's in the miracle working business? Verse 16 says, The barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. So in closing, let's be where we need to be. Come on. You know, hallelujah. Let's, let's find our place. Let's obey God. You say, well, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. Well, then let's find out. Let's pray. I'm not, you know, I'm not asking you to go jump a cliff or something like that. I'm just saying find out where it is that he wants you to be and stay there. I said, stay there. Let him sustain you. I believe that God is going to keep every child of God that believes in him through the entire mess. Are you listening to me? I tell you what, well, you know, the, I, 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 I quote the scripture all the time. Only with my eyes will I behold and see the reward of the wicked. Yeah, there's some stuff going on. There ain't no question about that. But I tell you what, it shall not come nigh me. Are you listening to me? But the only way that's going to happen is when I'm obeying him. Huh? The rewards of obedience. Glory to God. Bow your heads with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you today, and I know there's so many things that we've said, Father God, and, and perhaps for some, though it not intended, could have caused offense. But God, I pray that you'll take the words that I've spoken today to encourage, to exhort, to call people nearer to you, Father God, to follow in the steps that you have ordained for them. God, I pray for people, not only within the sound of my voice, but those that may be watching by internet that father if they've never made a decision to receive christ that father god today would be that day when they make their choice i know father that there's many things that often will try to keep people from that decision but god i'm praying today that by your spirit you'll let them know that right now is the time and i just thank you father for your blessing in every home every family every life and while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I just want to ask you an important question. If you left this earth today, would heaven be your home? And if you can't, you can't answer that with conviction, then I want you to know that Jesus invites you to make him the Lord of your life so that you can know and you can have assurance. So let me ask you again, if this is the last day you spend on this earth, will you go to heaven? And again, if you don't know, now is the time for salvation to become yours. So while every head's bowed, eyes closed, we're not here to embarrass anybody. But you know, it is decision time. And I want to invite you to lift your hand toward heaven and say, God, I need you. 
And I want to give you all of my heart, all my soul, and all my mind. If that's you today, would you just slip your hand up wherever you're at in the congregation? We won't embarrass you, I promise. But I tell you what, today is the day. And God wants to come into the lives of people. Praise God forevermore. Thank you, Lord. Anyone as I look before we pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We'll just wait for just a moment. Hallelujah. Anyone at all? Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Anyone at all? Who else will join this one that raised their hand? Give him all of your heart. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an all or nothing at all. It's all in. Yes, I, I understand that. But that's the only way that it happens. Anyone else before we pray? Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to invite you to follow me in a prayer. And those that raise their hands, I just want you to let your heart agree with this prayer. And maybe uh, you're there and you didn't raise your hand, but you just know that you need to do this. Then just let this come out of your heart before him. Church, pray this prayer with me. Dear Father, I come to you today without any reservation. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Father, I receive you with all my heart, all my soul, and all my life. And I thank you today for saving me in Jesus' name. You say, is it just that simple? It's just that simple. The Bible says that whosoever will believe in him and confess him as Lord shall be saved. So if you raised your hand a little bit later when we dismiss, we would love to be able to put some material into your hand. But I told you I wasn't going to embarrass you. I wasn't going to, you know, make you get up, stand up in front of a bunch of people or anything like that. But please, if you would, we have some things to help you get started in your relationship. I know you got an option. I mean, when we dismiss, you can go out the door or you can come down here. Please come down. We just like to congratulate you on this decision. And we'd like to place these things within your hands that will bless you. Hallelujah. So thank you for your courage. And I tell you this much about it. Your life won't ever be the same. Glory to God. Well, how many are you glad you came? Amen. I know that uh, we were all over the place here this morning, but sometimes that happens. Sometimes, you know, I mean, it's not, I, you know, you can have a scripted thing, you know, and you can share whatever it is you got. And, and I'm all for that. Uh, some people, um, as teachers, are very, I'm, I'm, I'm not that way, as you can tell. <laughs> but I'm more interested in being able to target something that's going on in your life and let Jesus talk to you about it. Whether it's your kids, you're married, or whatever it is that's being talked about, then I am, you know... Da, 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 da. So please understand, I mean, I can't tell you guys how many times in services, you know, people have went out the door or they, you know, they go out in the foyer and go, man, he read my mail. I didn't read your mail. He read your mail. Are you listening to me? 
Some, some people have accused their, the people that they come with. Did you tell him what it is that we talked about? And of course the person says, no, I ain't talking to him about nothing. What is that? It's God trying to get somebody's attention. Are you with me? It's God, you know? So really, you know, hear what the word of the Lord is saying to you as it applies to your life because he wants to bless you. Amen. Okay, so we're going to receive an offering. If I could have my ushers stand, please. Everybody just give a great big hand clap for the big ushers. Yeah. Amen. We are, if you're giving cash and you want a receipt, raise your hand. The ushers will provide you with an envelope. Uh, you can obviously text to give, but we're going to receive an offering. Hallelujah. Amen. In a different kind of way. As soon as I find mine. Amen. You can make your checks to Fellowship Church. Thank you again for your giving. I'll share with you a little bit more about what we're going to do in Lebanon next week because this week we'll have a chance to be able to talk to uh, Matt and Julie. Uh, there's a desperate need that's going on right now. And uh, I tell you what, you guys, there are people that are giving their lives, living in other parts of the world to help people find Jesus Christ. And I tell you what, we need to help them. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And I'm glad that we can be a church out in the middle of a cornfield someplace that can do it. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Hold your offering up toward heaven and let's pray together. Father, today we just want to thank you for this privilege that we have to give into the kingdom of heaven. And Father, we bring our tithes, our, store, our, um, our offerings into the storehouse so there can be meat in the house, Father, so that there can be what it is that we have need of to be able, praise God, to do what you've asked us to do. So we thank you, Father, for an abundance and no lack. That, Father, if need be, you supernaturally supply what it is that's needed in our lives. And we just thank you for your blessing as we obey you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.